It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, it's great to be here and I feel like it's been ages since I've been here, hey. And um, can I just say though, before we start, is just coming in this place today, uh, there was three significant things happen and I realised how important this church has been to me. Um, and and how it's helped me through some of the darkest times. And I just want to say thank you, not just to Mark, who's been significant in that, but as a church. Um, so thank you. Now, as you know, I work for Adult and Teen Challenge, um, and although I can't promote that, uh, well, I can, but I won't, but if you want to know more about what I'm doing, you can check one of those out. Um, but that's just a side issue. So, but... Um, just want to say to you right now, just turn to someone next to you and say, how are you? Now, now turn to the other person and say, how are you? Now, here's the news. You just said the most three useless words ever put together, right? Because you say, how are you? But you don't want a response, do you? Hey, you haven't got time for a response. Just say, how are you? And just get on with it, right? Because if you stopped and talked about it, if anyone used to come to Calamunda Church of Christ, I had a pastor who, not me, but who was a very annoying pastor because he was one of those ones who would say, how are you? And you'd go, oh, good, thanks. No, no, how are you really? Don't you hate that? It's like, excuse me, um, you just walked over the wrong boundary, right? Um, I don't want to talk about that. But we say, how are you? Um, but we, it, do we really want a response? You know, you, you go to the checkout, right? You go to the checkout at this local supermarket and there's a checkout person behind this very welcoming plastic screen um, that keeps you at a distance. And as you've got your trolley full of stuff that you're thinking, don't judge me on what I've taken, please. Don't look at that. Don't ask the question why I've purchased that. And as they're putting it through, beep, 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 beep. And how are you today? Beep, beep. They don't really want an answer. It's actually code for, I'm just about to rip a whole lot of money out of your bank account. Your response is generally something like, oh, very well, thank you, which is code for, please don't judge me for that third bar of chocolate that's going through. But I want to suggest to you that that whole concept of how are you, we actually have other throwaway lines like, God bless you. God bless you. You, when someone sneezes, right? Which I've been doing a bit of lately. When someone sneezes and they say, God bless you. And you go, what does that mean? What does it mean to say, God bless you? Now, we know that this is taken back about 590 um, when there was the Black Plague in Rome. And we know that um, Pope Gregory actually put a decree out saying, when someone sneezes, say, God bless you. Because... And there was a couple, there's a couple of weird responses to that. Some people suggested that when you sneezed, you sneezed out an evil spirit or a sick, a spirit of sickness, and you pray, God bless you, that you have a spirit of blessing, which is God's blessing. Others have come up with some other things. But what does it really mean? You know, you've got those friends that at the end of a conversation and they're just about to leave, they say, hey, bless you, mate. You know, bless you, mate. 
What does it mean to bless somebody? What does it mean to have a blessing? Does it mean that, wow, everything's going to go good? I'm going to have lots of money. I'm going to have a nice house because that's blessed, you know, or everything. I'm going to be healthy. I'm not going to get sick. Is that what it means to be blessed? I mean, you might say to somebody, wow, you've been blessed with a nice boat. Or you might say to me, you've been blessed with good looks. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. So, what does it mean to be blessed? See, my mum, she's 97 years of age, right? She now has 92 because 92nd was my granddaughter was born a couple of weeks ago. Not saying anything, but she is cute. I've only seen her once because I've had a cold. But she's cute. 92 descendants. Not bad, eh? 92 descendants. And she writes a birthday card to everyone. Crazy woman. She says to me the other week, I'm sitting at her house, going through the same message. She repeats herself a lot these days, right? And she says to me a number of times, Steve, I am so blessed. I am so blessed. You know, and I think, well, what does that mean? Because it can't always be that things are going good because we know Mother Teresa, who's one of my heroes, actually would say that she lived a blessed life and she chose to live in poverty and give herself to others. So what does it mean to be blessed? You see, Jesus, he, he sat on this hill one day. Jesus, Rabbi, Son of God, comes to earth. I think Mark calls him God in a bod. Um, and he's on this hill. And he does the first TED talk, right? He's got no PowerPoints or anything. And he sits up there and he goes, Blessed are those who are poor and hungry. Blessed are those that are mourning. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Hmm, hang on. You're blessed? What does that mean, Jesus? You're saying that at your place you are blessed. See, here's the word for blessing in the Bible. It's the Hebrew word. It's mostly in Old Testament times. But blessed actually is baraka. I like that. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds like I know Jewish language or something, but I don't. Anyway, but it basically means to find favor with. It's actually a favor or, if you like, a relationship. We know that Jesus grew in favor with God and man. Favor is a significant thing. It's relationship. It's engagement. That God says, I want to be part of your life. Favour with God or blessed with God is when you actually have him part of your life. Everyday life. I'm not talking about I've given my life to Jesus, now I'm going to heaven life. I'm talking about yesterday and today and tomorrow life. The word Barak actually means, I love this, it means to kneel before someone. I love that. Jesus baracked you and me. He came to earth from heaven and came down to dwell amongst us and to become part of our lives. And I want to encourage you today, and I want to say to you today, God wants to bless you. He wants to have favour in your life. He wants to engage in who you are and not just a one-off but every day. And even when you're going through the darkest, ugliest, horrible moments of life where you feel like there's no one around, he goes, I'm going to bless you because I want to be part of that. 
You know, God is sometimes the closest in the darkest times. The scripture says, oh, I haven't even got my notes up yet. The scripture says, yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> oh, back, 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 back. Ephesians 1.3. Ephesians 1.3. Here's your promise. Take this, right? This is yours. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, not is going to, not maybe one day, not when he gets around to it. He has. He's done it. It's on his to-do list and it's been wiped out. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are what? United with Christ. Here is my message today as you go through this series of the King of Hearts and we're looking at the story of David. What does it mean to have a blessed heart? Because it's yours. It's the promise. It's already yours. You have every spiritual blessing. It's yours. And I want to have a look at what does it mean to posture your heart in a place where you receive that which is already yours. How do you posture our lives in a place where we get that blessing that's yours? Not that your, your bank account suddenly shoots up. Forget that. That's nothing. Right? That comes and goes. Mine's all over the place. It's nothing about that. Right? It's actually about knowing that blessedness in your heart, like my 97-year-old mum who can sit there in nothing, knitting another, another blanket for another grandchild, and when she says, I've been blessed. What is that? So we go to the story of David, and David is cool. You know David, back, back end of David, you've been hearing it every week. David was a man after God's own heart. That's not that he was God's heart. He had got. He was after. I love that. That meant after means he was going after. He was going towards. He was a heart that was postured towards God's heart. Uh, that's so cool. We know that there was a king called Saul, and uh, everyone wanted a king. So God gave them a king, and he got this king that was head and shoulder everybody else, and he stuffed up a bit, right? And God says. You know what? Says to, to, to the prophet, I'm grieving that I put him in place. I, I'm, I'm disappointed that I did that. So do you know what it says? It says that he took his blessing off him and he put his blessing on David. David was a man who was blessed. And so we find that if you go to 2 Samuel 5, you'll discover that David all the time keeps saying, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to get a Hebron? Cool, I'll get a Hebron. God, do you want me to do this? Good, I'll do that. He was constantly asking God. You know, we need to be in a place, and don't, 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 put, the, don't put this down, we should be in a place where we're constantly asking God, do you want me to do that? Do you want me to do that? Because, you see, that was the difference between David and Saul. Saul didn't do that. He went, oh, well, the prophet's late. I'll do it myself. It's okay. He didn't say, God, do you want me to do this? And he kept messing up because he didn't seek God. We need to ask God, what do you want me to do? And then Dave gets to a place where things are going good. 
pretty, you know, killed a whole bunch of people. <laughs> I think that's good. And, and he's now living in his own place in Jerusalem. So he builds this nice house for himself, a palace. And, and then he goes, there's something missing. Now, I want you to backtrack a little bit because there's this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. It's a box that's covered in gold, got a fancy seat on the top. And inside there was very special things. There was the, the Ten Commandments, which you all know about and you should be keeping. Um, and then there's, the, there's Aaron's rod, which was pretty important. And that's in there. And then there was some manna in a... I hope it was sealed. There was this manna that was in there as well. It was a reminder of God's provision. And that's in this box. And wherever this box went, the presence of God went. And that was pretty powerful because it's the presence of God was there. Things are going to go good. Well, we know that Saul messed up once he went to battle and it wasn't going well. They were losing. So he said, let's get the ark down there. So they get the ark down there. And they lost the war because God wasn't happy with that because he didn't ask permission. He goes down there and the Philistines win the battle. They've now got the box. And they put the box in their temple with their other gods. That messed it up because their gods fell over and started bowing down. They couldn't work out what was going on. There's a whole bunch of sickness in town. And so they said, let's get rid of this box. And they put it on a cart. Um, you have to read the story. Takes off, ends up in Judah at Balaz's place. And it says, well, what are we going to do? So David now. He's got his house. Everything's going good. And he's going, yeah, but I need that box. I need God's presence. I need God's blessing in Jerusalem. I need God's blessing here. We need to bring the box to where it's supposed to be and we're going to set it up as the central place, Jerusalem. So he comes up with this crowd here. Come on, fellas, we're going to go down there. We're going to go and hire a trailer um, and we're going to pick this box up. So they go and get this new cart. Right, go down and pick it up. Got the got the, the priest all ready to go on the back of this cart, going along, and they hit a pothole. The thing comes, falls over. The the priest, Uzziah, he goes, oh, stop it! Holds it up, and suddenly, bang, he's dead. Because God wasn't happy about that. What wasn't God happy about? God wasn't happy because David didn't seek. God for instructions on what to do. He didn't ask the question. And so that messes things up. Dave gets a bit upset about that. God gets a bit upset about that. They leave the box, the Ark of the Covenant, in Obadiah Eden's house. Could you imagine that? This box has just killed somebody. Kids, keep away from the box. Let's put the fence around the box. Do not go near that box. You'll die. But what happened was, and remember in those days when it talks about a man's family, it was actually the local community. The box, the ark, God's presence, God's favour in his house. And it says the whole community was blessed. The whole community was blessed. When God's presence is in the church, let me tell you, it's not just you, it's your community. When you worship on a Sunday, your community is being impacted. When you seek God every day of the week, your family is impacted. Not just you. It flows out. I believe Australia is a blessed country because there are churches in our city and in our country who are worshipping every Sunday. 
And whilst there's worship going on, there will be blessing over our country. It's, it flows out. So Dave now gets to a place where he's going far out. We need to do this right. I need to posture our country, our, our city in a place of bringing the blessing into it. The blessing that's promised to you, the blessing that says, so this is what he does. We're going to learn some lessons from David, how he postured his heart and he postured himself through this story to bring blessing. The first thing he does, let's pick up the story. It says here, whoa, I should use notes one day. Okay, 2 Samuel 6, 11. The ark of the Lord remained there in Obadiah Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed Obadiah Edom and his whole entire household. Other interpretations will say his community. Then King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obadiah Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. See, God told David, he's got the blessing, Dave. It's time for you to have it. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obadiah Edom to the city of David with great celebration. See, here's the key. A blessed heart is a seeking heart. He went out. He went home and he checked out YouTube to see how you do this and he got the YouTube instructions on how to bring an ark into the city and he got the priest ready and he got the poles through the... But he went out first. Here is the key to being a blessed heart. A blessed heart is a seeking heart. You've got to seek after the things of God. You've got to seek after God. You see, it's not just once, it's every day. God, am I seeking you out first? Am I asking what you want? I'm going to seek God. It says, seek me and you will find me. It says, I stand at the door and knock, and he who opens the door, I will walk in. Jesus came to earth for the seeking. Lazarus was seeking God. He was, not Lazarus, he was dead. No, um, that, uh, Zachariah, Zacchaeus, was seeking God. He climbs a tree. Jesus walks past, sees him up in the tree and says, I'm coming to your house today. And he blessed his house. God is looking for people who's seeking, who have a desire in their heart for God. And I want to encourage you today, has your desire for God dwindled? We're taking it for granted. Or are we seeking after God? Seeking after him, pushing through. I'm going to seek after God in all my heart, in all my soul. Don't stop seeking. Don't take it for granted. Don't settle. Seek God. Then we go on a little bit further. Proverbs 16, 20 says, Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. You've got to give heed to instruction. You've got to listen to it. You've got to find it. And then it says, and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. 2 Samuel 6.13, we carry on. And it says, after the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. Right? It's a long way. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing. Has anyone been to one of those places where someone gets that ram horns out and they blow it? The shofar? Man, it's scary, eh? 
I think someone's passing wind sometimes. But, but it's, they did that and they were blowing that thing. Blessed, a blessed heart is a worshipping heart. A blessed heart is a worshipping heart. You want to posture your heart for blessing of God, God's favour, you put your heart in a place of worship. I loved it. I heard a, a reading some old um, history stuff, and I was—I uh, loved a picture that an old priest once said to somebody who was struggling in prayer and worship. And he said, "When you think of prayer, think of it like a river. The prayer is the river. Your words are the banks of the river. Ooh, that's cool. And 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 the, the words just usher in the prayer, which is worship. But when you when the river gets to an ocean." The banks disappear. The words disappear. That's like worship. The words of worship are only the, the, are only the banks. Real worship is his presence that comes in. And then you get to the place where you forget the song and you've just got the worship and you're down on your knees and you're worshipping him. Because worship, every six steps, one, two, three, four, Five, six, stop, kill them all, let's worship. One, two, three, four. Man, that took a long time. Because a worshipping heart is a blessed heart. And I want to encourage you in that. You know, we're told that the gates, that, that, that worship the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul and lean not on your understanding. Don't, don't leave on what you know. Oh, God, I'm going through a hard time. Oh, Lord. We go to God with a shopping list of problems. What about if we go to God with an acknowledgement of who he is? I was out in the desert a few weeks ago. We'd driven miles, stuck out in the desert. We were camping out there. Margie had gone to bed. I went outside just to do my prayer times, and I had my list of issues. And I, and I looked up to the skies, and I saw those stars. And I went far out. You're a big God. And then it hit me. Have I made God too small? Have I made God so small that he just fits into my little problem world? He's big God. Bigger than that. And so we need to look at him and worship him with the might and power, the creator of heaven and earth, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and bow down towards him and we worship him. Because when you worship him, his blessings will flow. Second Samuel 6.20, it says, When David returned home to bless his own family, Macau, the daughter of Saul, right? Saul, we've heard it, bad king. Daughter marries David, right? She knows all about what kings should look like. They're supposed to be big, they're supposed to be strong, they're supposed to be mighty, they wear their robes, they look authority. And he, she says, came out to meet him and she said, in disgust, how disgusting. The king of Israel looking to um, look today, shameless, exposing himself to the servant girls like a vulgar person might do. Now, we've suggested that he went out there worshipping naked. Theologians have looked at that and said he wasn't naked as in physically had no clothes on, but he was naked because he didn't have his kingly robes on. You see, the kingly robes is his authority. But he took them off and he was shameful because he was a commoner. 
He was there with the servants and he was there with the common people. He took his robes off. He took his authority off. He took his, his, his glory off and he became a common person. That sounds like Jesus to me who came from heaven and he put down his royal priestly gowns and he came and dwelt among us like one of us. And, and Mikhail was upset because you're the king and you're down there with the servants. You see, here it is. A blessed heart is a humble heart. You cannot be blessed by God if you think you got it together. You cannot be blessed by God if you're just up there thinking, well, I'm so good a Christian. Look how good I am. I'm so clever. A blessed heart is a humble heart. And it's time that we need to take off our achievements, take off who we are, take off trying to look so spiritual and good, take it all off and humble ourselves before the King of Kings because the humble heart is a blessed heart. You know, it says in, uh, um, oh, yeah, it's good. It says in 2 Corinthians 8 9, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lo, he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Church, we need to humble ourselves before God because then the blessings will flow. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honour. James 4.10 But then we come to verse 17. This is good too. So he's come home. Verse 17. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord and they had a major party. They were grateful. They were were ones of saying, thank you God, this is so good, let's have a party. See, a blessed heart is a grateful heart. We need to learn to be grateful. We need to acknowledge what God has done and be grateful. Psalm 119, I think it is, and it says, Enter his gates, what? With thanksgiving in your heart. You see, the gateway to God is gratefulness. It's that gate. And when we're grateful, we enter into him and he enters into us. A grateful heart is a powerful heart. Be grateful. Learn to be grateful. It's the key to growth. It's key to actually God's presence in me. Oh, how are you today? Oh, life's so bad. Life's so bad. No, life's good. Why? Because I got God in my part of my life. A grateful heart is a blessed heart. And finally, verse 18, when he had finished his sacrifice, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread and a cake of dates. I had some of that actually. Someone made me a in the desert, they made these. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> then all the people returned to their homes. 
I love that. Dave is so excited. He's wearing his common clothes. He's having a worship time. He's thanking God. The blessings of God are there. And what does he do? Guys, I want to share this. Cook a whole bunch of bread and, and date cake and let's give it to everybody. Take it to their homes. See, here it is. A blessed heart is a blessing heart. When you're blessed, you will bless others. It happens all the time. It's what you were made to do. 1 Peter 3. Don't repay evil. No, we won't go there. Okay. This is, but this is it. A blessed heart. God has blessed you and I so we would be a blessing to others. You know, I, I had a guy at my office a couple of weeks ago and I, I cried when he left. The 52-year-old guy, his name's Paul. Um, and I wrote about him, so it's okay. I can tell you his story. But Paul messed up his life with drugs and alcohol, especially alcohol, being in and out of prison. Um, he actually fainted in the road, on the road in, in Wanneroo, and car just stopped about a metre away from him, um, and he should have died. He, he had a, a person, he said, I came about, Steve, and I saw these two people's <laughs> these eyes looking at me, and he knew that God was calling that saved him that day. He came down to Team Challenge and he decided to get his life right and he did. But he came to me the other day and he said, Steve, it's been 12 months and I haven't had any drink. And I've had no, but he said, my life is full because God has been part of it. He's just paid off $84,000 worth of debt. He's now got his license back. He's now just, he just come up and restored with his kids. He said, I just felt prompted by God. I should bring my kids up. So he rang up his kids and his, and his kids, Dad, please come over. So he went over to his adult kids um, and he said, but Steve, this is what he said to me. He said, I cannot just take this. I have to give it out. I want to do it for others. I want to help others, Steve. And that's what I love about what we see happening at Teen Challenge. The people's lives who have changed, they go and change others. It's not just about paying your debt and getting a license and getting a job and getting off the booze. It's more than that. It's about taking this life and actually giving it to other people. We've had so many pastors and worship. A guy who was on radio the other day with me who's now a worship leader because God downloaded a song on his heart that he could sing and now he's a worship pastor. And I love that because this is the truth. God will build his kingdom on the broken. He will always do that. And he does that. And so I want to encourage you today. Put your life, put your heart in a place of being blessed. Why? So that you'll be blessing to others. There's a world out here that needs to be loved. It needs to be blessed. I love your T-shirt, your, your new merch. I just sent a picture out to everybody else saying, I love the merch Elevate that, you know, what's it say? In Perth as in heaven. That's it, isn't it? In Perth as in heaven. The blessings of God starts in the church and it flows out. And I want to encourage you with that. Can I just take you through? Can we just do some stuff with God? Do you mind closing your eyes for a moment? Father, I want to come before you and have a chat because, because we just want to acknowledge who you are. <laughs> and uh, God, right now, would you challenge us? Would you put a desire in our heart for you that is so much greater than we've ever had before? When my desire has gone a bit cold, God, 
relight that fire in my belly and in my soul and in my heart and in my spirit to seek after you because I know you want to bring your favour into earth. God, just do that right now. Maybe that's your, you've never done that before and you want to do that now if you're listening today and you're saying, you know what? It's not about religion. It's not about doing the right thing. It's about seeking God. And if you're at that place right now and you want to seek God, just say, God, come into my life. That's all you have to do. God, I want you. I want that blessing. I want that favour in me. Maybe right now God is saying, God, would you speak to us now? Maybe God's saying to you right now, I want you to start worshipping me. I want you to have a worshipping heart. Lord, would you fire up in us a fresh worship that we don't care what people think. We're going to shout out to the heavens. We're going to cry out to you because you are worthy of all praise and honour and glory. Holy Spirit, right now, just put a fire of worship in us. And God, as we do that, we want to make sure that we will humble ourselves before you. God, if there's stuff I've put on myself, if I'm promoting myself more than others, Lord, forgive me. God, if I have promoted my my achievements, forgive me. If I'm promoting, God, I want to humble myself before you right now. I'm going to take off my crown, as it says in Revelation, and I'm going to throw it down at your feet. And I wish, Holy Spirit, come now. May we have hearts that are humbled before you. And God, would we be filled with a thankful heart right now that today we'll just go, wow, God's so good. I thank you. You're so amazing. Just love you, God. But most of all, Father God, would you fill each one of us in this room with your favour so that we would go and and reflect that favour into a world that is desperately in need of hope. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.